Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 159, episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah! of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, November 10th, 2020, 71 days until January 20th, uh, but who's counting? My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Now, this is a story all about how Pennsylvania turned blue, flipped upside down, and I'd like to do this intro, so sit right there. I'll tell you how this became the place that turned around this affair. In West Philadelphia, the difference was made, where they kept counting ballots, and it lasted for days. Counting all the votes, them relaxing all cool, because the ballots that were mailed in were just as valid, too. Then a campaign of lies, they were up to no good. Started filing lawsuits in the neighborhood. <laughs> they lost just one little fight and Donald got scared. He said, fuck this shit, I won't leave and I don't even care. Ah, uh, that's it. <laughs> shout out to Christiana. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. I'm so fucking tired, uh, y'all, from fucking years of doing this show i i'm i'm gonna have a good podcast uh, aka to start the next one i'm just so i'm tired yeah um so i feel I, the, extra the tired work, right now i look christy i'm a gucci man i see you i seize you with that ether aka i'm i promise you i'm gonna bless everybody with that second ether verse but uh for now i'm just miles just hanging out with y'all good yeah, to see yeah. you thanks for having me Somebody else who gives us ether, who writes ethers for us, is mm -hmm. uh, in our third seat today, coming to us all the way from uh, north of the border, I think yep. Canada is. Uh, he is the brilliant, the talented J.M. McNabb. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. hey guys, how's it going? Good, man. Hey. You're hey, welcome, JM. You. You're welcome, thank Canada. You. <laughs> we did it. You're welcome. Woo! Saved uh, your ass. <laughs> oh my God. What is this? What was that like? What's it like? Being up here yeah. during an election? Uh, yeah. uh, the same. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I did look up, like, because, you know, I was watching cable news, like, uh, like everyone to see how it was all playing out. And I saw the celebrations in the streets. And then I, so I looked up to see, cause I don't leave my house anymore yeah, because uh, mm -hmm. of uh, all the stuff. Uh, so I looked up uh, on Twitter to see if there was a celebration in Toronto at all. And there was a small, uh, a small gathering, but uh, they were immediately uh, dwarfed by like an anti-masker rally that was happening downtown. <laughs> oh, uh, in Toronto? God. In Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Oh man! Uh, because I think we freaky end. Friday'd with you guys. I think that's what's gonna happen. Is we're just gonna start <laughs> right. more and more. We peed in the rallies. same fountain, and it was a yeah. magical fountain. Yeah, that's uh, how, that's how so, the yeah. switcheroo happens in that movie, The Switcheroo. I think I don't know the one switch movie with Jason Bateman that nobody saw. They peed in a fountain, and then oh yeah, he like pees in a fountain with Ryan Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds. and then yeah, like yeah. the. <laughs> Like the the point of switcheroo movies is supposed to be that unlike people have to live in the body of somebody they're not like. And Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds, two guys who are like cocky, like same aged white guys, uh, switcheroo. It's like, whoa. Right. I'm a different kind of handsome now. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm adorable boy. now. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. Uh, JM, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. 
First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about the COVID-19 vaccine that was announced that is 90% effective, which I didn't know whether to be impressed by that or not. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk and about what that means. the microchip in you. Yeah. <laughs> Fox <laughs> thinks it's very suspicious that that vaccine was announced after the election. Yeah. Uh, oh, now you got a vaccine. They got oh, some theories. God. I, I mean, to be honest, if I was a Trump supporter, I definitely would be like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And if I was at Pfizer, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, we did that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> fuck y'all. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> if, if you're a company that, like, thrives on believing in science, I don't, I think it's, you're within your rights. Uh, we're going to talk about the terrifying things the president is doing today. Uh, we're going to mm -hmm. talk about why this transition is going to be a fucking mess. Uh, and some historical precedent for that. Uh, we'll talk about the Trump supporters, how they're digging in their heels. They've already spun off from this version of reality. Uh, oh, Michelle Bachman is calling out God himself. Oh, a word? That's the stage we're at. Like, we, okay. there, people are trying to speak to the manager ha, of ha, heaven. Ha, 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 yeah. ha, 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 <laughs> ha, oh, ha, boy. ha, ha, <laughs> ha, oh, man. Uh, we're going to talk about one uh, conspiracy theory, Jam, you you looked into. Uh, if you oh, hear yeah. people talking about the hammer and the scorecard, uh, get ready to just have your brain filled with a load of wild bullshit. Uh, we'll talk My about that. My favorite dive bars. Yeah, yeah. The hammer and the scorecard. Where you at? The scorecard or the hammer? Uh, scorecard, <laughs> scorecard. All right, all right, all right. The hammer is a socialist bar, but the scorecard yeah. is the opposite. They're rival where, bars uh, on opposite in, corners Wayne, in Milwaukee. In Wayne's, in Wayne's World 2, where they held the fundraiser for Wayne Stock. <laughs> remember, like, it was like, remember, like, that party they had? It was like at a, like, a Lenin themed bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With all the, like, monuments. Yeah, right? like, it was like that a was toppled weird. Lenin outside. It's like, so it will be a communist party. I remember it was a joke, and I was like, this show's sick. I love that movie. Uh, St. <laughs> Louis, uh, the McCloskeys. We're checking in with the McCloskeys of St. Oh Louis. Oh my god, uh, they are. Uh, they're in the running. They're they're definitely in the running to be nominated for 2020's most notable shitty white people. They probably don't have a chance uh, with just the year that we've had, but they're at, yeah. They could be nominated. Oh yeah. Um, Jam. Before we get to any of that, what's something from your search history? Uh, that will allow us to judge you. Oh, wow. Mm. Well, yeah, I guess you can judge me for this. Wow, uh, new tone on the top of the show. For <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, I like to make well, We it have is. your search history right here, and it says... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been watching uh, a lot of Murder, She Wrote this fall. Hell yeah. I find Habit it alleviates Cove? a lot of anxiety. Yeah, it's... Yeah. There's two, because I, I, I was really trying to unpack why I find it so calming. I think it's because you can watch an episode and everything gets solved in, you know, 42 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you don't no live in Cabot Cove where the murder rate is the highest in the entire history of the world right. of any town. Right. Um, got three yeah, murders every, a week. <laughs> everyone in that town is having an affair with everyone else. Everyone's plotting to kill yeah. someone. It's it's the worst place to live. But yeah, I find it's very calming, oddly, and also like I find like my anxiety about like aging and mortality are oddly soothed by it because you think about Angela Lansbury, like she's been she's still alive and she's been an old lady my entire life. <laughs> she's still alive. That's yeah. wild, man. She even she came here to Toronto and did like a stage show, like a play 
a few years ago, and I wish I'd gone now. But uh, Angela yeah, Lansbury and, is still alive. Yeah, I mean, I hope nothing still happens between that. when we record this and when it Damn, drops. Damn, she's but... 95. Hell yeah. Wow, wow. Good on you, Angela. So yeah, that 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 makes me happy. So I, I, I've been watching British She Wrote. I think I tweeted something out about it, and someone responded uh, that Angela Lansbury's daughter used to hang out with Charles Manson. So I Googled that. That was oh, something shit. that I felt I had to look into it. And it was just something she like dropped in an interview for no reason. She just brought up that. She's like, Charlie? To- oh, yeah. Yeah. We used to kick it with Charlie. <laughs> yeah. I remember we were all writing songs together for a little bit. It's a shame those albums never got traction. But have you heard those Manson family recordings? It's like no. shitty Beach Boys. It's like yeah, it's Beach like Boys written by. Yeah. Well, they did it's, one of his songs. It's unsettling. Because he was hanging out with yeah. one of them. Yeah, Dennis, I think. Dennis, yeah. Uh, Haysbert. Uh, <laughs> 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 or a super producer on it, uh, wasn't he? I called him Dennis, Dennis Hazelberger. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's funny how, we, and this is a complete aside, how our idea of Dennis Haysbert has evolved over time based on how old you are. Like if you're uh, consuming 80s media, you know him from Major League. Joe and Boo, I used yeah. to just think he was Joe Boo, not yeah. even Pedro Serrano, which was his actual player name, but Joe Boo, the idol he would fucking oh, worship, right. which is all kinds of <laughs> fucked up and problematic. Um, and then after that, when he was on 24, and I was like, oh my God, Joe Boo's working still? And then people were like, Dennis Haysbert is putting in a performance. I was like, oh shit, Dennis Haysbert. But then some people only know him as the what All-State guy? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's Dennis Haysbert. Dave Chappelle played him in a sketch over the weekend, which is why we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny. Yes, He had sketch. like a voice changer on SNL. Oh, by the way, have you seen uh, the original... Uh, the Manchurian Candidate. Yes. Angela Lansbury is in that. No, I've not. And, uh, very pretty, but also playing like an older woman. <laughs> yeah. In for in 1962, she's playing like it's not like she's like a young like you know the love interest. She's the love interest of the older politician, and like yeah, she's really pulling the strings behind the scenes. She was only like 10 years older than uh, Lawrence Harvey, who played her son. That movie. Oh, really? They, yeah, they still had. So they sense she had old lady energy. Yeah. back then. Yeah. Oh, she was his mom, not his wife. Yeah, I think That's she was his mom. Wild. That's right, because he was like a young soldier. Yeah, yeah. All right. What is something you think is underrated? Uh, my underrated and overrated are pretty like kid centric because again, I haven't left the house, so I spend ninety percent of my time with my kids. Yeah, uh, these days. Yeah. Oh my uh, god! Yeah. <laughs> Spend 90% uh, of your time with your kids? Oh my god. That's all All the people <laughs> I talk to now are small children, and uh, luckily they're super cool, and I love them, so that, that worked out. But, yeah, uh, it's hard though, man. Kid brain, you, like when you're only hanging out with kids, like you get kid brain, and then yeah. like I, my wife was out of town for a couple weeks, and it was just me and my kids, and like I, when I would get back around adults, I would be like just in it incapable of like saying anything like uh that made sense or i was just like on a different wavelength yeah we were getting a lot of feedback from the episodes the last couple weeks yeah the baby talk was (laughs) not popular yeah yeah i find sometimes like i'll just say like i'll just say to a friend or even my wife i'll accidentally call them buddy (laughs) 
Like, hey, how about we try this, buddy? Uh, <laughs> Come on, bud. Anyway, well, anyway, for my underrated, I was I put uh, I I found in my uh, old uh, room at my parents' house. I found my old Waldo books. Where's Waldo? Yeah. And so I brought those home. Kids loved them. Uh, and Fuck and yeah. I found them very again again. A lot of these things are about like alleviating anxiety for some reason. But like I f- I got into them too. I found it very like stress relieving to like just sit there for a few minutes and try to find Waldo. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And you oh, know man. you don't have to only find Waldo. You can go deep as a as a mm. where's Waldo Stan uh, from right. a couple months ago. Actually, there's like lists of things for you to look for. So you like once you find Waldo, it's not over. You you no, can no, still no. explore. Um, yeah, you can find the guy in the grassy knoll. You know, and all that kind of stuff. That's what <laughs> That's I love right. about those books. That's I it. I remember. I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember like the. F- when I was like 18 or something, I had picked up one of my old Where's Waldo things that I hadn't maybe looked at since I was like six. And it's amazing how immediately like you remember the ones you really like the one. I think I wears like the first, second Where's Waldo book, but there's like a beach one that I'm like, oh, this was my favorite one to stare at for whatever reason. And I remember how I'd mem- at a certain point you begin to memorize vaguely where Waldo was every time you opened it as a kid. So they would kind of become less stimulating. Right. I remember one time some asshole circled Waldo in my book what and I almost fuck? beat this motherfucker to death with the book. Cause I was, I was like, you fuck, you do not <laughs> desecrate this book by marking where he is. That's the fucking fun or else it's, it's useless now. And I ripped the sheet out and I was crying. I was a mess, man. So don't leave my fucking Waldo books alone. Man, I'm sorry. I brought that up now. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, that was, I, I feel like, so your kids are young, right? Like they're, yeah, one's five and one's two. Yeah. I now feel very stupid because I think I was still looking at that. Like, I can picture the bedroom that I was in when I was looking at them. And that I was in that bedroom from like when I was eight until when I was like 13. <laughs> so, uh, hey, yeah. some of those are hard, man. <laughs> no, they are hard. You know, I was, I was the doing the was... Menta Where's Waldo? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the difference between the first one and like the third and fourth one is crazy. Like I, I was legitimately having trouble with the later ones. He's like, you know, you could see like a sliver of his head in this crowd. Yeah. And the first one, he's just like, you know, like two inches tall in the <laughs> yeah. middle of the yeah. page, just like walking <laughs> right. down the street. Oh, there he is. Yeah. With his like walking cane. Or then they they do the ones where like someone would have his hat on and you're like, they're even, oh, it's just somebody in this fucking outfit. Uh-huh. Mm. They're throwing decoys into the mix. Yeah. Uh, what is something you think is overrated, Jim? Uh, overrated in, in the same vein of uh, stuff I've been doing with my kids. Uh, someone gave uh, my son an Etch-A-Sketch uh, recently. Okay. And I, I remembered it very nostalgically from being a kid, and it sucks. It's a useless <laughs> product. That, yeah. uh, you can't draw good pictures with it. If you do somehow manage to twist the knobs into making a good picture, like... You can never save it. It someone will mm-hmm. jostle it and it will be gone forever. And I, my kids have no interest in it either because I try to explain why they they say what do you what do you do with it? And I say, well, it's like drawing with a piece of paper and a crayon, except it's worse and it's harder and there's yeah. no applications for it in the real world. It's like you're tuning a <laughs> shitty radio, and yeah, that's it. It's like What's it's a, a it's good for about like maybe one. I remember as because I had one too. And I only could fuck with it for maybe one minute, 
before I became so frustrated that I could not actually do what I thought I was able to do. Like, cause you have to really have like to be able to make sense of those knobs and how they're moving to like actually draw something. Half the time I just twist them in circles and make wild shit. And then I would just like twist the knobs to like their like end point and be like, I'm going to break these fucking knobs. <laughs> minute yeah. it was gone. I was angry Start at it. Start clicking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a knob boy. Growing up, I, lo- I loved some, <laughs> I loved a good knob game, the the labyrinth, and even I didn't really fuck with that. It's just knob city, yeah, knob city. But there are definitely people who are into it. But I feel like it's older people who are like really artistic, and it's they're into it for the same reason that like knitting is like soothing, where it's just right. like it makes it gives you an extra challenge to like do something fun and artistic. But like I, yeah, I never got the got the point of that shit when I was younger. Did you play the labyrinth game a lot? Yeah, yeah, I was. You did real into labyrinth. I could go to the end and back like four times because that used like a similar skill set where yeah. you're sort of deciding those planes based on the knobs. But that was always easier for me to like put the time into versus like because I was I'm not good at drawing anyway. It just it was a reminder of how un, like lack of how little talent I had in that department. Yeah, well, I'm sorry I brought that up too. It's fine. <laughs> it's just. They're not as easy as they look, man. They're not as easy as they look. That's right. All right, let's talk about uh, some really good news that just hit. So Pfizer announced that they got their early results back from their um, vaccine trials, and early numbers suggest that this vaccine they're working on is 90% effective, um, which is apparently good news. Uh, Dr. Fauci was like, hell yeah. So that's that's how I knew it was good news. But then, like, I did a little bit more research. The flu shot is apparently between like forty and sixty percent effective, uh, based on like whatever year uh, you you get it, because they're having to like rejigger it to, you know, apply to that year's strain of influenza. And then, like, the vaccines that actually eradicate diseases like polio and measles are like in the 90s they're like uh polio was 90 for two doses measles is 99 percent uh effective so like that's that's pretty promising good numbers pretty exciting yeah so as long as scientists are excited you know yeah yeah it seems like scientists are excited i'm Um, like just like what's the what's the science uh excitement meter say the uh so the lab that kind of made the breakthrough is called BioNTech, uh, which sounds very uh, scary <laughs> and like dystopian, but they were funded by the German government and a European investment bank. Um, mm. So that's the, the, the Trump administration obviously has jumped on Bill like, see operation warp speed. We're the, we're the speediest. Um, they are fucking really trying to, I don't know what they're trying to, they, it's like, I don't understand. I mean, this is this, all this would have happened because of Trump. And I don't know. No one's talking about that because this is all we should all be thinking Trump right now, but they're really, really, really trying to commandeer this development to try and be like, you see, and that's why he is, should have been elected. I don't know. It's too late now, no matter what they think they're trying to say, like you're not <laughs> no, no one gets going into an election. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's no yeah. vaccine now guys. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, I guess, uh, I guess we'll just go with our vaccine then. Yeah, we'll go with ours, which will be better. Pfizer specifically came out and was like, they, they had nothing to do. We had nothing to do with Operation Warp Speed. Um, but Wasn't so, Pence trying to say he did? Like, yeah. Wasn't, they were responding to him, right? Yeah. 
Specifically, I think he came out and was like, you're welcome, America. Dude, shut up, Mike Pence. Get the fuck out of here. Nobody wants to hear from you. I miss my wife. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, that ship is that sail. Uh, but yeah, Fox on Fox and Friends. I mean, Fox, they're still... I've I the only self care I've been doing was is watching One America News and Fox uh, because <laughs> so I kind can't, to yourself yeah I don't know why that's been the thing that's only made me smile is to be like y'all are you've truly you, you threw everything except the kitchen sink you you threw that now and you're still grasping at shit trying to make sense of reality um, but on Monday morning Charles Payne. Uh, who's, you know, just he's on making money on Fox business. He was talking to Ainsley Earhart on uh, Fox and Friends. And, you know, because it's Fox, everything has to be some kind of grievance or, oh, the president was actually smart the whole time. Ainsley Earhart just sort of starts off by being like, again, oh, so they're announcing this now um, after. But OK, well, and she she posits a question. Is the timing curious? Are you finding the timing curious? We had an election a week ago. <laughs> I am finding the timing curious. It's frustrating. You know, it's so interesting. Uh, I was watching, uh, you know, toggling around TV yesterday, you know, watching a couple games or whatever, and I saw a commercial for 60 Minutes, and they said, we're going to go to the military's Operation Warp Speed. The militaries, <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're, they're actually operating it, in fact, at the, you know, at the behest of President Trump. And then, I, then there's an article this morning before this came out that was they're shifting sort of Operation Warp Speed to Biden now. The Washington Post, Biden advisors met with Sharp with the Warp Speed the drug makers before the election. But what I thought was intriguing is on the Biden website, it says Operation Warp Speed lacks a strategy to see its mission through and gain the trust of Americans. Well, I wonder what they're going to say today. Are they going to tell people not to take this vaccine that Pfizer is saying is 90% effective? Okay. It has nothing to do with Operation Warp <laughs> Speed. Like, that's what, what are you talking about? He said about? he met with people in it, and now he's saying, but he said it wasn't good. Uh-huh. Yeah, this guy is transitioning into power, so he's trying to see what the fuck is going on. Yeah, yeah. So also, but, but it's ninety percent effective. So uh, ipso facto, uh, Operation Warp Speed is ninety percent effective. Now, just uh, supposing for a moment, and this is, I know, gonna, I'm asking you guys to try and wrap your mind around a reality where the deep state and corporations aren't trying to take Trump down from the inside. But like, even then, I feel like it would almost be excusable for them to hold off on announcing a successful vaccine until it like would no longer be associated with him because he's been so anti-scientific and it's going to be a struggle to get people to take this vaccine. Like, yeah. 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 Cause it's not just about developing the vaccine. It's about like the implementation of it, right. like the distribution of it. So yeah, like, I, I mean, like you said, like so much of it is about how many people will take it about, you know, making sure that it's effective. So yeah, having, having like a future where someone who won't totally fuck it up right. will be in right. power is, seems key to that message that they're trying to send. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people are like, you know, the razor thin margins Joe Biden won by would have been completely erased had this been announced just one week sooner. Uh, right. And it's like, they're not razor thin. Uh, right. Just yeah, to, to check the lot. numbers. I, I don't know what kind of razors y'all are looking at, uh, but these are pretty thick daddy. And even like the way 
the head of research or the VP in charge of uh, like vaccinations at uh, Pfizer was like unequivocal. He's like unequivocal. Uh, she was saying we've never been part of it and we've never taken a dime from the U.S. government or from anyone to even suggest we'd be part of it. It wasn't just like, no, that didn't happen. It's like, do you understand how that program worked? Right. Like we weren't. Ass- anyway. So there. Well, I, th- I think of- they did walk that back a bit later because they they said that the U.S. government did pay for like the future like distribution, like buying supplies, oh, but right. like, that, Canada they, they has done that too. For, like right. people. Yeah. It's like, it's not, right. they didn't fund them at all in terms of like their testing or their research that right. was all independently financed or financed right. by themselves. That's fine. I stuff the overpriced drugs, the other drugs they make that are overpriced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever other shady shit. Right. That <laughs> you don't need a dime. They of have your billions of dollars. <laughs> so the way the trials worked was actually easier to get your head around than I would have expected or easier to get my head around. So they've, they've given the trial involves 43,000 people and half of them are given this new vaccine uh, and half of them are given a placebo for the meningitis vaccine. And neither they nor their doctors know which is which, right? And then since then, 94 people who were involved in the study have become infected with COVID-19, and 90% of them are from the placebo group. So that's where the 90% number comes from, is that the people who got the actual vaccine were 90% more likely to not come down with COVID. Hmm. So there you go. That's how well, these studies I, I work. Well, I saw a video on TikTok where a cute blonde woman was saying the microchip was going to get into you, and she was crying, and then apparently some off-camera government goons were beating her up. Did you see the video where she's singing along to this song? Oh, of course. Like, yeah. It's, wow. Uh, and yeah, that's to your point, I don't even know how the, if, if his own supporters believe, uh, like, he's he's the boy who cried hoax so many goddamn times, nobody knows anything anymore like it truly right. was like is it mail-in va- or is the mail-in vote fucked so i don't do that and then the vaccine's no good but then i don't yeah. but you but i, I gotta give you credit because you saved us uh, uh he seems kind of incapable of the sort of leadership that they say like you are supposed to have during a global pandemic is just steady staying on the same message and then like deferring to the scientists and the mm-hmm. doctors uh, and since he's incapable of that, I feel like this is in better hands with li- almost literally any other politician, but definitely yep. uh, a new administration. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. And we're back. So... Trump is out here throwing grenades right out the right out the gate. He's uh he fired his Secretary of Defense, right? Yeah, Mark, Mark Esper. Esper. Just out. Fucking tweet twist on Monday morning. I am pleased to announce that Christopher C. Miller, the highly respected director of the National Counterterrorism Center, unanimously confirmed by the Senate Senate, will be acting Secretary of Defense effective immediately. Chris will do a great job. Mark Esper has been terminated. I would like to thank him for his service. Um, I think we terminated. knew this was good. Everyone was like, the second Mark Esper didn't go, like fully go along with the Black Lives Matter like troop goon squad in the streets sort of uh, strategy, that I think the countdown clock began. Because he was basically saying, like, 
Yeah, in my capacity as this fucking Secretary of Defense, I do not think U.S. troops should be in the streets to put down protests. I don't think that's the function of the military as I know it. Uh, so now it seems like everyone's like, okay, well, who's next? And the the money is on Christopher Ray at the FBI and Gina Haspel at the CIA. So oh, next to be fired. Yeah, yeah. If he's going to do more impulse firings or whatever, just whatever he thinks he's going to get out of it. Um, aside from, I mean, isn't just, there a chance that it's not impulse and that it's like part of a plan to install people who will allow him to, you know, yeah, use do some the military ab- to? Of course, and then it's just, but then a lot of people are like, everyone's so deflated in that machine that yeah, you're gonna get there. And there's there's clearly some fans of the president uh, that are in positions of power that are willing to completely fucking dig their heels in and shit. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's like so hard. He always has a, there's always some plan to do something with this guy. And then it's mm-hmm. always like the shittiest version of it. Like even again with the total landscaping for seasons thing. <laughs> like one of the guys was a literal sex offender who was one of the witnesses. Oh yeah, I has, saw that. And, and he wasn't from Philadelphia either. He was no. from like New Jersey or something. He's from New Jersey and he's ran, like he's had unsuccessful runs for office in New Jersey before. And it's like there, I'm like, like this is where like they're at. Uh, so, so the, yeah, who knows? The total what, what landscaping thing was them being like, we have witnesses to election fraud. And here's a witness, and people looked into it, and they're like, yo, this man is a straight up sex offender. Like he <laughs> served almost four years um, for like lewdness and endangering the welfare of a minor, uh, and like exposing himself to kids. Like, like that was the person. They're like, this, this is our. Witness to to fucking ballot fraud. Our last stand is going to be a, a sex offender speaking in the back of an alley. <laughs> this yeah, next to a sex store, right? And cre- crematorium in defense Which of another that, sex offender. That sex store is like doing really well. Apparently, they, yeah. <laughs> they keep. I went to their Facebook and they're thrilled with the publicity. So, oh, I'm sure there's right. a silver lining to this story. Uh, the Ritz Carlton dildo shop, I think it's called. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh let's talk about just where what we're looking at for this transition. There is a GSA official. GSA stands for I'm gonna act like I'm quizzing you guys, even though I just don't know what it is. Come on, is. Jack. General General Services, Services Administration. Administration. There you go. Got it. So they're not releasing the funds for Biden to start putting his transition team together. They're on the on the Trump train of none of this is happening. Trump won. How dare you? Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. <laughs> oh, In other words, um just, you know, not not uh engaging with that reality. Um we we were talking about how like there the presidents who have lost uh, re-election, the incumbents who have lost re-election in our lifetime are just one, right? It's just George H.W. Bush. Um, and uh, uh, One term or yeah. Yeah. And he was able to, like, he really went out of his way to be like, look, we're going to, like, do the right thing. We're going to, like, be above the fray, all this shit. And... Like, that's kind of what you need because people are like the people in the administration. Do you remember the story of when after the second term of the Clinton administration, when 
the George W. Bush administration was coming in, the Clinton administration like removed all the W's from the keyboards as no. like a fuck you. Yeah. Oh, Which sick. is like people are petty and like if you don't have a leader who's like out front being like yo, like the this is how democracy works, then like Yeah, knock it off. Yeah, then this is going we're going to have a complete shit show, which I think is well, they what have- we're headed for. Yeah, and this uh, woman who's running uh, general service GSA, she's she comes from the fucking RNC. You know what I mean? And she's full on, you know, just here to to I don't know, go along with this narrative of like, no, we yeah. don't know who won yet, so yeah, exactly. I'm not doing anything. And this money specifically, like when you have a, a a new administration coming in, they need some cash, you know, to start fucking creating office spaces to begin planning out the transition to do all the business that uh, a, a presidential administration would do. Right. And it's just, just sitting on like $10 million, like not releasing it yeah. all because you want to just say that, like they said, an ascertainment has not yet been made uh, in terms of like, like what is actually going on with this stonewalling. Uh, so cool. Well, if you say it like a mall security guard trying to sound official, then it becomes more official. Yeah. Uh, sir, an ascertainment has not yet been made with regards to the electoral situation. Yes. Um, We're not going to get out in front of the president on transition yeah. issues right now because he's crying. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, uh, the last time that there was like basically an outright hostile kind of transition was Hoover to FDR and like Hoover was like this guy's gonna fucking with this new deal thing he's gonna tank America like every we're so screwed and, like just believed that he was like the last man standing between the end of America and you know <laughs> the the bang up job he was doing but he like was just openly like what trying to like convince FDR that like his way of like dealing with the economy was the right way, which was like a more yeah, conservative, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> more conservative politics uh, or more conservative financial setup. And <laughs> he was also would also like make statements in the media about like how FDR was like not doing the right thing and like was not listening to him and he was leaking things. Kind of a shitty guy. Which, like, I I would have, if somebody had told me that, I would have been like, yeah, but, like, who had the last laugh? FDR came in and just, like, had his way. But one thing that kind of gets forgotten is that during, back then it was a four-month lame duck period just because it took people a long time to get to D.C. back then. Like, you had to, <laughs> right. you had to take a And you're, like, probably moving California. physical papers. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> just boxes and boxes of papers. But during that four-month lame duck period, FDR was on February 15th in Miami, and an unemployed bricklayer fired shots at an open convertible where Roosevelt was seated next to Chicago Mayor Anton Cermak, uh, and a woman in the crowd actually hit the gunman's arm as he was shooting, and that's the only reason that like it didn't kill FDR. The bullet struck the Chicago Mayor, and the Chicago Mayor died a few weeks later. So, Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, but that's the sort of thing, you know, there's that Van Jones TED Talk that I was talking about at the end of last week about how important 
the concession speeches and like having the lame duck president buy into you know the transition uh the peaceful transition of power because there is just so much energy and so much anger uh you know among people who are on the losing side that like you're gonna you're gonna have problems like that yeah well especially because they think it's going to be 1984 or something suddenly right what are you talking about really okay yeah they're gonna like make me get health care and fucking like (laughs) like probably relieve some debt i don't know man i don't i'm not i'm not with this it's weird how the energy they're talking about certain policies like on on when trump came into office you're like oh my god immigrants are going to be fucking savage like they're going to be treated like in just in the most inhumane ways uh, uh islamophobia is going to be on the rise uh, uh black and brown people will have to consider their protection with such an open racist in office and these people are like i don't know they're probably gonna like make me get my soy injections Right. <laughs> yeah. message words, like the fuck all culture war shit it's all yeah, it's just really well, abstract a, culture it, war shit was it Tucker Carlson or someone who was like, Joe Biden's going to make everyone drink Starbucks? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Joe is that Biden. the worst thing you could think of? Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is uh, pretty bad. Starbucks coffee is. Uh, I, I would very prefer burnt. something a bit better. Yeah. 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 But I mean, yeah, just listening to the despair and terror and anger from like Trump voters who were being interviewed over the weekend just. But but without any real there there like there wasn't a yeah. an explanation for what they were afraid of or upset about other than that they think that Biden cheated to to that's, win and the that's election. a that's a very necessary step you need to keep your outrage up right if if you then if you hit the wall like sort of even if you're completely like uh, you know into some other narrative the logic road ends when you're like well yeah what evidence and you're like. Um, the I mean, they did it. I know that much, but I guess that's been enough for the last you know four years for these people. But yeah. there also there seems to be also frustration too because if you're getting pwned by your liberal you know coworkers and family members on like Facebook, and you're like, yeah, just show me anything, and you can't, then it's like, Argh! or even like, did you see someone who tweeted at the president who was like, sir, you are the president. You can send the troops in. You need to just do more than tweet. Please, please, sir. And I don't know, man. Alex Trebek, just take it away one more time. Losers, in other words. Well, so uh, it's it's all just very, very. Uh, it's it's an interesting period for all involved. For people trying to transition into this new administration, and other people, I guess, transitioning into a a more absurd form of surreality. So, what stops him from sending the troops in? Like what is it just his we're counting on his Republican colleagues and the generals to not yeah well I think I think it, what happens is he says something and not everyone's like, yeah, 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 do that shit like because the stuff that they are, they get done, but there's right. clearly enough there's there are enough people who are sort of like, mm, and then it's also like you also know like you pissed off all the generals, so like well, you can give that order like who knows if they're going to drag their feet because they don't want to do this it's all i don't know i mean it, it it seems that the he's he's just rapidly losing political capital um especially now that like it, most people have accepted the results um even if they haven't out loud or in the media to try and keep the base up but it's just like you know the, they're not fired up 
like, you know, like it was 2018 or something. He also just seems exhausted. Like he does not seem like he could be, you know, out there screaming from the balcony, you know, staging this coup. Like he just seems like tired and old. And, you know, I don't know if it's true, but there's that report that he's just like eating way too much, even more fast food than usual. And uh, aides are like having to light scented candles in the White House to uh, to deal with the constant odor. But I, I just like wait, that's a that's an no. actual. You made that part up? No, that is that was in like a Daily Mail article today. So I don't know if it's true or not. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I like to think it's true. Uh, but I, I yeah, I just don't see like him even having like the resolve at this point to do something that dramatic like i just see him whining and moaning and yeah just going on twitter until they have to throw him out yeah i mean or someone like him just goes to fucking mar-a-lago and just doesn't come back yeah whatever who gives a Uh, fuck they'll send my shit technically i'm at the winter white house it's still the white house the thing we'll see i mean i think the thing that'll be very telling is what these rallies look like because that's the next that's the next step we're hearing is while the lawyers are out there filing just fucking whack-ass non-substantive cases or lawsuits to try and get a recount or upend the results, which isn't going to happen. He is saying, or they're all saying that he wants to get out there and do some rallies uh, to like really keep the energy up. But like, they're saying like in a couple weeks and if you're smart, you're like, dude, you don't have a couple weeks. Like if you're going to be doing that, you needed to be out there every day since Tuesday. That's what I mean. Um, He's too tired. Like, did you hear him? Like the interviews he gave on election day, he sounded like Harvey Firestein oh, or something. Like his yeah. voice was just shot. <laughs> so and... froggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think there's gonna be a lot of energy at those at those rallies, just based on like what you're hearing from from the people who voted for him. They really it's... think that they're like they fully believe the the election's being stolen from them, which you know, from the people. Yeah. 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 That's well, why. Yeah. Like is... he should not, Joe Biden should not be cruising around in convertibles right now. That's right. With the mayor yeah. of Chicago. Yeah. Well, th- I just want to say just to further demonstrate how deep people are going to go into their own minds and into the spiritual realm to try and correct this result. Michelle Bachman, the wonderful horse shit congressperson from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. She is just out here. I'm just going to play this. Uh, she's like on her selfie videos, just trying to get God to wake up, God, please. I ask, oh, God, that you would take your iron rod and I ask that you would smash the clay jar of deceit in America. Smash the clay jar of delusion in the United States of America. Yes, please do. Smash the delusion, please. Father of Joe Biden is uh, our president. Mm. He is not. Yeah. Would you take your iron rod and smash the strong delusion that Nancy Pelosi does have her House of Representatives? We don't know that. Smash it in Jesus' name. <laughs> smash, Lord, the takeover of the uh, U.S. Senate by Chuck Schumer. Lord, smash it with your iron rod. Smash, smash, smash is what we need fucking God to come through with. Please, mm. please, please, uh, dom- dominatrix daddy, smash me with your iron <laughs> rod so I can bust out this clay jar of delusion. It's, um, yeah, so now we're praying for God to change the n- news narrative. I don't know. 
That seems to be more prevalent among adults on that side of the aisle than I would have expected. Maybe everywhere, but the, this notion of God as somebody who like does things for you and like you can appeal to yeah. for for sports wins and stuff. Um, God, we didn't ask for a single thing during the pandemic. Just right, give us this right. one. God as Santa Claus. God as politics Santa Claus. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, that's how most people become atheists. Yeah. You know, like if you're raised around religion, you're like, and what happens? Yeah. And then you're going to pray and then they, you're going to get something? Yeah. Or what happened? And wait, this this dude died so I could, because I because I'm going to jerk off? Right. Is why he died? I'm sorry, this is a lot to handle. And already I, I very vividly remember when God left my life uh, when I wanted a motherfucking Nintendo uh, for Christmas. Right. And I prayed because in my school, I went to Lutheran school and like that's how they're setting up this relationship to you and God, like, you pray and then God will answer you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I need <laughs> this motherfucking Nintendo because I'm trying to play Battletoads. And I didn't get it and I was done. Yeah, I, My heart turned black and nothing <laughs> could happen. Even if I did get Mario paint and a Super Nintendo the following Christmas, the ship had set sail and I was going into the darkness of a godless world. So... Yeah, but even then, it's, I don't know, you, you hate to see it. You hate to see it for those people. I do feel like the, you know, expecting them to come around to any version of reality where Trump lost is like expecting Christians to be like, yeah, you know what? Jesus did get pwned by Pontius Pilate. Like, I just think that <laughs> is not happening for them. Like, that's, their brain is never going to go in that direction. Um, I mean, if they if it's the same narrative, they should they should look at, at truly as uh, Trump as a Christ figure, because I'm sure somebody was like, um, Jesus, I would hate to tell you this, but you are the son of God. You don't have to be crucified right now. You know, you don't have to do this right now. Just so you know, I don't mm -hmm. want to see this. But if they're going through it, then maybe he does have to do that and then go to Mar-a-Lago for four years. Yeah. And then he will be risen. Uh, right. Four years later, <laughs> step out from the cave. They went to Mar-a-Lago, but his body was not there. He no. was. Ooh. He was going to the White just, House with a just a shroud with orange makeup stains on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about that. And we're back. And JM, you, you dove in and did some research into uh, this conspiracy theory that's starting to crop up more and more that's called the hammer or it's a, around a computer, a supercomputer called the hammer and a yeah. piece of software called the scorecard that comes from this dude, Dennis Montgomery, who is a fascinating figure I didn't know about. Yeah, me neither. I thought this was really fascinating. It's, he he runs, of course, we know now he runs the uh, the deep state computer that hacked all the votes and gave Biden the win, which is called the Hammer. And I guess the software is called uh, the uh, the scorecard. The software scorecard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess this is picking up traction. Like Bannon and people have been talking about it on podcasts, and like I searched on Twitter and. Certainly, there were a lot of like either bots or you know sort of alt right trolls tweeting about uh, about the hammer, but so it's it's all kind of based on the idea that this whistleblower uh, Dennis Montgomery, w w who used to be like a CIA kind of uh, contractor, contractor. yeah, uh, 
was uh, was kind of blowing the lid off of this hammer uh, computer <laughs> narrative. But like, it's so easy to just look him up. Like, he has a Wikipedia page that just has all of these crazy uh, exploits that he's been involved with. Like the the wackiest one was after nine eleven in the early two thousands. He got more than $20 million in government contracts for his patented software that would, quote, find terrorist plots in uh, hidden in broadcasts in Al Jazeera. That's... Oh, he got how much? Wait, the government... The government paid him more than $20 million, too. He said, like, you could, like freeze Al Jazeera shows and like decode the pixels on the TV that would give you times and coordinates for where to find the next terrorist plot. And this wasn't just like a random thing they paid money for and didn't like heed the advice of like flights were grounded as a result of this, like a counter-terrorist operation uh, went through on Obama's inauguration day, apparently because of this, like, and it was just obviously a total scam. Like it's a con shit. That's so brilliant, though, of like weaponizing Islamophobia for your con job. It's almost right. like what Yasser Lester does with like fedoras for freedom about being like, watch this. I'll, I'll tell these uh, white people wear a fedora to show you're an ally of the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, yep, yep, yep. I'll weaponize that. And this one's like, oh, uh, yeah, just so you know, because you have you're so afraid of uh, uh, of, of Muslims that. I have a thing that will descramble their TV shows and reveal the hidden message because you already are so fucking far gone that you're like, yep, that's like the glasses and they live. They just like yeah. show you the the reality. That's what people said about like the devil working through He-Man when we were kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the devil does work through He-Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's like other things like he was. Come on, keep was, it moving, Jan. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get too hung up on yeah. that. The devil does work for him. <laughs> okay, okay. Come on, man. Uh, the, he was like a confidential informant for uh, for Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who like conned him out of one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, claiming to he have conned used Arpaio his... out of one hundred twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, using his supercomputer to uh, to prove a conspiracy between uh, like the the judge in his uh, mm-hmm. racial discrimination case and, mm-hmm. and the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I, he was also drifting desperate racists. Yeah. yeah. This guy's kind of a hero. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Really. I, I mean, I don't know why this isn't like a podcast or a mini series or something. It's uh, unbelievable. I can't believe that this guy actually exists and has gotten that rich off of this stuff. Wait, so yeah. how does he now factor into the, this election. Well, you see, the the main ingredient in all of these is that he has a supercomputer called the hammer that he's able to use to decode. Oh, he's been the, using the hammer. Yeah, he's been using the hammer. He created the oh, hammer a long time ago. Gotcha, he's, gotcha. He's a con- computer god, Tony Stark, and he has been using the hammer to like dig into all this information and decode Al Jazeera. And now, Swing it for Biden. Yeah, now he's claiming that they use. I think he's claiming that they used his computer to steal the the election. And now he's like blowing the whistle. Yeah. Is that right, Jam? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh man. And there's even what more stuff. Ad. There's even more stories. But uh, yeah, it's it's worth reading about because just a, a fascinating sequence, and just also like the idea that he's. One of the, or at least like his his kind of theories are are one of the conspiracies that people are using in this election. When there's just so many examples of him literally using the same 
supercomputer narrative in these cons. Right. It's uh, it's amazing. It's hilarious. And yeah, please, please make this a miniseries with Paul Giamatti or <laughs> someone like <laughs> I One thing is, I don't think anyone would... Like the people who are buying into the idea that Biden used a supercomputer to steal the election are probably not skeptical of the idea that he could use his supercomputer to decode Al Jazeera and uh, find out like the coordinates of the next terror attack. Like that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably because, just like, yeah, of course, man. This guy's a credible source. He's, he's the guy well, who found, stopped all those terror attacks. In that reality, uh, because their lives are so boring, all of the data is out there for them to solve crimes from the comfort of their homes. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's actually, you just pause Al Jazeera and you look at that and that's how you save the country. Actually, if you just go to this pizza restaurant and check out the basement, uh, you might be able to stop a child trafficking ring. Actually, if you just look at the first letter of each word in this article, it spells out the storm is coming. Therefore, it's like... Mm. Ooh, wow. So if, if nothing requires expertise, then everyone's yeah. an expert. And that's like the like, real danger with all this shit. It does feel like all of these conspiracies are coming from someone just like looking around their room trying to decide <laughs> like, uh, there is a, a pizza, pizza parlor conspiracy and, and TV. and uh, Right. Uh, it's just like shitty verbal Kent from Usual Suspects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that's I literally what they did because like the whole Pizzagate conspiracy came from a email dump, right? So like they... Right the WikiLeaks email dump and they just went through the random, boring, monotonous day-to-day shit that people email about and like crafted a conspiracy out of that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the McCloskeys real quick. I always like to check in with them. They're going through it. Yeah. They're really going through it. I I want to pray for them. Yes. Um, If you don't know who they are, and that's why I have this somber tone, is that the McCloskeys is the lawyer couple from St. Louis um, that pulled the straps out on the peaceful protesters who were marching through their uh, gated community. If you remember, uh, very famously, the the probably the most famous photo is the one with the woman with her hand on her hip with the little yeah. handgun. With a little handgun. Like, I'm a little pole pot, short and stout. <laughs> Here is my handle. Here is my nine. Um, so these this couple is now suing the photographer who took that specific photo because I think we all. Whenever we think of the McCloskeys, it's just that like mustard that stain. Yeah. yeah, like them just like, oh God, honey, let me get my AR and you get your little gun and we'll fight <laughs> against progress. So <laughs> they are now. So apparently, this they're, they're lawyers, um, and they have been uh, apparently they're like very litigious. Uh, they're saying even before all this shit went down in the summer, like they're just that. This is how they get down. They like to sue people or threaten people with lawsuits and. They're suing this UPI photographer for this photo uh, because it that photo has, quote, contributed to their significant national recognition and infamy. Okay, and in addition to suing the photographer and the news service, they're also suing that company Redbubble, you know, where, like, you can just get shit printed on a coffee mug or, like, a fucking phone case yeah. or, like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like, all those, there's, like, a, plenty of businesses like that. They're suing Redbubble, too, because they're saying their image has proliferated across the world. Um, And they say that with Redbubble and Greenblatt, the photographer, they are profiting from T-shirts, masks, and other items and licensing use of photographs bearing their likeness without obtaining their consent. 
And they said, often their image on merchandise sold by Redbubble is accompanied with, quote, mocking and pejorative taglines or captions, causing them, quote, humiliation, mental anguish, and severe emotional distress. Also, uh, they also point out that these people themselves used that photo on a personal greeting card they made and sent out to fucking people. Wow. To be like, ha ha, stunting on them. You see us. And now they're like, oh, we're suing. That's just that. So now they're saying, um, they've humiliated us and, and, and now we need to sue. I guess they know very clearly that I think as many people realize that the white supremacist Mario star uh, that everyone was like glowing with the last four years being like, ah, we can do anything. Yeah. That shit's yeah. wearing off now, and they're like, "Oh, I can't, I can't blow through walls like I used to anymore." Like I'm straight up going, like they're gonna remember me as this racist trash couple who should not be practicing law. Yeah. Oh uh, man, if the if they don't like having cameras pointed at them, wait wait till they find out what uh, what guns are like. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard people really don't like having guns pointed at them. Sure, and uh, I mean, of course for. For them, all their notoriety and infamy, I mean, it's not like they turned down the opportunity to speak at the Republican at the National yeah. Convention either. Yeah, like, they seemed really So we'll see where this goes. About, uh, all, that, all that recognition. Um, what do you think that's like? Like, obviously, they feel some type of way about it because they know, like, aside from the little group of other, you know, skeevy racists they hang out with who might pat them on the back, there's those moments where people, like, they're like, did you? I don't know if you saw. We were in another post again from that one meme company, and it's really, it really makes us look bad, honey. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think we should sue. Like, if it's getting to them, if people are, if in their own family, uh, people keep talking about them. But ah, well, I mean, they're so get, associated with so. with that those outfits too. Like, I don't know that I'd recognize either of them in a Panera it's, bread. So. I wonder if they're suing for being made to throw out those outfits. Like, they can't wear those right. outfits in public anymore. Well, I mean, the mustard stains on his pink polo shirt may have already been a loss anyway. Right. Uh, and and then her uh, striped... I remember, she had a black and white striped shirt. He had a pink polo. Yeah. And they both were stained with mustard. Yeah. Um, hey, we've all been there. Well, I mean, she looked like one of like the henchmen from the old Batman TV show. Yeah. Like, she looked yeah. like she was already a cartoon villain the burglar thing yeah, yeah it's yeah. all very cartoonish and yeah uh 2020 it's weird how we've had like those moments and then other ones like where i actually felt good too like suddenly yeah. it's it's yeah. weird it's it's starting to become like more surreal uh as the calendar year clocks down yeah the fact that that was in june like you could have told me that was in march or you could have told me it was last week in 2017 like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I was like, oh, oh yeah, I remember Trump was inaugurated, and then the McCloskeys pointed guns right. at people. Yep, right. I remember that. It was right after uh, FDR almost got shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that amazing flag fight with Hoover. Mm. Who, you know, obviously handled the economy so well. It's not like inside out pockets were known as Hoover flags back then. <laughs> I mean, that's just good branding by FDR. Uh, yeah, guy knew what he was doing. Yeah, that's who suppressed the vote. The guy who came up with Hoovervilles and Hoover yeah. flags. That's right. who that's who cost me the election. Uh JM, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Where can people uh find you and follow you? Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh you can find me on Twitter at JM McNabb again. Uh I also uh co-host a movie podcast, Rewatchability. You can find that um anywhere anywhere you get podcasts. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, uh, I I did. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched Gravity Falls, but the guy uh, who created it and does a lot of the voices, Alex Hirsch, has been calling into the Trump uh, voter fraud hotline as Gravity <laughs> Falls characters, uh, oh, which has been pretty enjoyable. So if you go to him, he's at underscore Alex Hirsch on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, Miles, where can people find you and follow you and what's tweet you've been enjoying? Oh man, I've been on Twitter and Instagram, uh, as miles of gray. That's where you can find me there. I haven't been on, I don't know. I'm but I, I did see this one tweet. I will say, uh, someone retweeted it just because the, the levels of denial are really something else. Someone is comparing the vote count in the state of Washington saying like, Okay, so this is weird. Like over 3.8 million votes were cast in Washington, yet there's only 684,000 people that live in Washington. And in this person's screen caps, they don't even see that the population they're looking at is the population of Washington District of Columbia, D.C., Uh Uh a very small part of the country where the capital is Nailed it. and the state of Washington and still Game out here like match. They're like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on in our country? <laughs> Clearly it's a failure of the education system of for starters. Though so that's, that's point one. Uh, and then from there, who knows? I mean, white supremacy is completely rotten people's brains. So it's a few different things. Mm-hmm. Tweet. I've been enjoying Dan white tweeted, just found out my dentist doesn't buy back old teeth. Thought it was like a GameStop situation. Apparently, they, quote, have literally no use for old teeth, quote, couldn't use them if they wanted to, and, quote, <laughs> need some kind of explanation for where all these teeth came from. Uh, <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on, Miles. What are we riding out on today? Just high energy. You know, we're just going to get our, our shoulders shaking, our, our toes tapping. Uh, this is a track from Yusuf Days uh, and Pa Salyu. It's called Frontline. And it's just got like, dude, Yusuf's so nasty on the drums. Uh, and I've played other works of his before. Uh, but this one, it just got like, it's almost like, kind of, you know, drum and bassy, live drums. It's uh, good energy. So that's what we need. Just start, I'm trying to reinvigorate my body because I am exhausted. Mm. I think I keep saying that, but I'm really, I, like, as the days wear on from, Tuesday, I'm like more and more like what? What is? What the fuck? Have happened? I become a husk yeah. of a man? I feel more from- like completely worn out from the last week, and I I feel like I need to give myself that. Like that yeah. I'm, well, it's weird because it we started week. this show as like a response to the administration. Yeah. And then like we've gotten to this point, and now it's like fuck, and there's still so much more to do. Ugh. But also like. We, I think we very much also, I think all people need to figure out how to give themselves just a moment of yeah. uh, reflection and rest because, like, it's it's not over. And the only way we're going to keep going is if we properly take a rest, properly mm-hmm. acknowledge the victories around you, feel good, because you got to keep, the battery's got to be full uh, to stay in it. So, you know, that's right. we'll be figuring out ways to charge our batteries. I'm telling you, Murder Shiro. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I might hop in on because I loved I remember as a kid I loved it because I was like oh man look at this nice lady 
My best friend Chris got real into murder. She wrote after we graduated from college, and, like talked about literally nothing else, and we're just like, "Oh, like, dude, honestly, it's the goat show." I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's gonna do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. How many band knows did I run to? Gambian bad habits that they couldn't take. Follow my rules till I rise and take. Grave your shifts of the day and night. Just my food that the scenes won't take. For my money, I made a grand elevate. I they pray for my sins for my devilish ways. For my money, I made a grand elevate. Who just been on these devilish ways? They don't know about the block life. Still doing matter in the front line. They are all I'm alright. Still doing matter in the front line. They grow by the block side. Still doing matter in the front line. Niggas still gully in the six side. Still doing my thing in the front line. What's up, baby? No, my life. I swear I fell in love with the meaner.